Oh, come on, give him praise. He's God on Wednesday too. How blessed we are to be in the house of the Lord and have the privilege to, to worship our risen Savior here. We are, we are a blessed people. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Um, I wanted to tell you, remind you, that if you have ties off, you can drop them in the boxes on the way out tonight. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about this thing called blessing. There is such a distorted view of what being blessed is now in our lives, in the nation, in the time that we're living in these days and hours. To be blessed has been very distorted there where people have different perspectives of what it means to be blessed. And so often, the distorted view that you have supersedes you realizing that you are blessed. And I hope that by the time we get done with this devotion tonight, that you can refocus, you can get the right perspective and realize before you leave here tonight, you are blessed. Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. How many believe you're blessed? You understood that when you woke up this morning, that it wasn't by accident. When you still had breath in your body this morning, it wasn't by entitlement. When your children arose this morning in their right mind, it wasn't by some evolutionary guarantee. How many of you know that Scripture says as a believer, you should be blessed going in and coming out? That as a child of God, you can't help but be blessed. That he swore, I'm going to bless you. That as a believer, you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and by the spirit of adoption, you can call him Abba Father. That as a child of God, you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And that my God supply all your needs and riches according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you believe these things and by these things alone declared by the word of God, then you have the right to declare I'm blessed. Can somebody say I'm blessed? Can you say it again? I'm blessed. I'll shout it to the Lord. I'm blessed. Praise God. Give him praise. We are a blessed nation. We just got to get past this distorted view of what blessed is. Isn't it amazing how far we've gone in our interpretation as a nation of blessings and just 200 years of our American culture? You know, starting from the beginning, just having a family, land to grow crops on, food, our health, our faith. You know, we just had just the necessities of life, and they were enough to be counted blessed. To now, our American culture interprets blessing more as external things, such as cars and fashion clothes and jewelry and phones and money, things of monetary value. And necessity items that were once enough to be considered blessed are now simply viewed as entitlements. It can be true that cars or houses or money can be counted as blessings, but the truth about these blessings, they are simply external they can be enjoyed, but they're temporal. Means they'll bring temporal happiness. Do you know how many external blessings there are that cost a lot of money or require a lot of work and are hard to acquire because of expense, but yet are sold for pennies on the dollar at a yard sale auctions or hauled off to junkyards every year? Why, why is that? 
Well, all too often because they were seasonal things. They were temporal things. They were purchased by impulse. They brought, they brought you a moment of happiness and then became nothing more than clutter after a period of time. They lost their value. They depreciated. They became unappreciated. They became outdated. And what was once appreciated is no longer effective, have no more emotional value to you. Why? Can we find an answer in the Bible about this? Yes. In Scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, Paul instructs us to look not on the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He's saying external things are temporary things. They're temporary blessings. And the world has its own ideas about what is valuable. You know, money, possessions, status, power, security, comfort, and legacy. But as the world defines the value of these things, they overlook the fact that they are not transferable to eternity. In other words, as the old saying goes, you can't take it with you. And you won't see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer at a funeral. True, genuine blessings are the ones that last and last, and they never lose their value. Things with eternal value are, by definition, valuable forever. They're not external. They are internal blessings, and internal blessings are produced by eternal things. External blessings are not eternal blessings. Those cars, those houses, those hobbies, those boats, that money are not. They're not eternal nor internal. They are simply external. They will fade. They will vanish. They will rust. They will rot. They will be destroyed at a certain point of their existence. Only internal blessings are found to be eternal blessings, such as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. According to Galatians 5, 22, 23, these are the fruits of the Spirit. And they are received as spiritual blessings, which have internal and eternal value. There are also the nine gifts of the Spirit as well that are received as internal gifts that produce eternal results. Jesus said those external things he can bless you with. He can bless you with a home or car or a boat, but those are temporal. They pass away. They're just things designed for you to receive out of your overflow. But those internal things that are in you they come straight from the source, the Spirit of God. Now, let me ask you, where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In you. And if he's in you, you should be blessed internally and eternally. And if he's in you, then you should be something, there should be something flowing out of you. Did he not say out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water? He said, if you abide in me, I abide in you. You see, if the Holy Spirit is in you, then you're his. And how are you regenerated? made new, transformed by the washing of the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Come on, somebody. God dwells in the heart of man, therefore creating a well of salvation in your soul, where your soul deep within your innermost being shall produce a flow of living water. You know, in the natural, we know if we want water, we can dig a well, right? Because, you know, deep within the ground, there's water. We know it's there. And if we dig a well and find water, we now have access to it. But that's it. It's just down in the ground. We know where it exists. So in order for us to get the water out of the ground, we have to have a pump that will cause it to flow out. And in order for the pump to work, we have to have a prime. We have to prime it. 
And priming causes a suction to begin that forces the water out of the ground to above the ground. So when it begins to flow, then we have to have a pipeline for it to reach certain destinations. And when the water begins to flow out of the pipes, it does what? You know where I'm going. It does many things. It produces external blessings such as it gives water to the thirsty. It literally saves lives. You use it to clean your clothes. You use it to cook. You use it to bathe. A water, you water a farmer's crop. There's so many uses to necessity of it for natural life. And it has many, say many. Many benefits. Or better yet, I like to use the word blessings. Now, let me relate that to the Holy Spirit. The water is the word. You're the well. The house is at the ground. Remember, we're made out of dirt. And deep within you, in your soul is the word, the water. The Holy Spirit is the pump, the pressure. And worship is what primes the pump. Are you getting this? And our esophagus is the pipeline to get the water of the word out of the ground, out of your belly to certain places. And the flow has many, said, he said rivers, not river, many benefits, many blessings coming out of your well of living, not dead water, but eternal waters. Whereby you speak life where you externally bless others, where you pronounce blessing. Remember, there is life and death in the tongue. But your tongue will not speak death if out of your belly is flowing living water. And water is what? It's the word. As a result of what dwells in you and wells up inside of you, those internal blessings will produce external blessings. That's what happens around here all the time when the Holy Spirit begins to move in his people. People full of the Spirit begin to hear the word preached, which begins to cause the well of their salvation to rise up. And then they begin to worship. And it begins to cause the Holy Spirit to prime them. And then the next thing you know, out of their belly begins to flow the rivers of living water. Hallelujah. I've seen God use many of you in this fashion. I've seen Brother Bill Marvin watch the begin to flow out of him when he's primed and pumped up by the Holy Spirit. To the point it begins to flow out of him. You know what happens? Then he begins to move all around the altars. And he starts laying hands on people. And they become blessed and touched by what is flowing out of Bill. And the next thing you know, we got a break out of rivers of living water flowing in this place. Blessing the lives of our people. And folks, they weren't getting new cars or airplanes or money from Bill. But through Bill, they were getting peace, joy, love, healing, deliverance, being transformed, restored by stuff you came by. It's a gift from God. It's a free gift at that. Hallelujah. Give God praise. This is what happens. And this is what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to be blessed to be a blessing. Internal, eternal blessings that come from Bill's internal overflow or of external blessing. Because the Holy Spirit through Bill's overflow was able to bless many. This is why Jesus said, greater things than this will you do by the power that worketh in you. Jesus knew that when he ascended to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit. He said, then you'll abide in me and I will abide in you. And, then, and it's then through you I can bless others. Because the power of the Spirit that dwells in you, which is me, I can work mighty through you and everyone I dwell in. Hallelujah. That's why you're blessed internally, eternally. It's so that you can be a blessing externally. Come on, somebody. You got to get this tonight. You got to get the right perspective of what being blessed is. That's why Jesus is more blessed to give than to receive. Because if you bless someone, you can't help but be blessed for being a blessing. You see, it's a flow. It's a continuous flow that is primed by the Holy Spirit as you worship him. The Holy Spirit is not a Dead Sea experience. It's a living water experience that rejuvenates the soul of a dry and thirsty people. 
It's a life-saving drink of water to the barren soul. It is the most refreshing, invigorating experience that can soothe your soul, calm your emotional storm. It can wash away your worries and do exceedingly abundantly above anything you're even able to ask or think. Did he not say he inhabits the praises of his people? You see, when he's in you, he flows out of you. And that's why we're always preaching it's communicable. It's contagious. It's abundant. That's why we always encourage you. Let the Holy Spirit move through you. Let him work through you. That's the fire of the Holy Spirit. It spreads like a wildfire. And out of your overflow, it's when external blessings are produced. Your internal, eternal joy will produce a long life of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. If you're saved and you say you're not happy, let me tell you, then start blessing someone and watch and see if you don't start feeling blessed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will begin to prime your old dry well and up will come from deep within your soul, a well of living water. See if you don't start feeling fulfilled. See if you don't start believing you have purpose again. See if you don't start feeling alive again. Hallelujah. The key to an old dried up well springing up again is repentance. Repent so that the times of refreshing shall come. And you'll be regenerated by the washing of the word. That's the problem with sin. You see, sin only has pleasure for a season. In the beginning, it fascinates, pleases the flesh. But in the end, it assassinates the spirit leading to spiritual death. You must not become as a sponge. Sponge don't produce. They simply just absorb. And then they what? They dry up like a leech. Leeches don't produce. They suck the life out of people. If you want to be blessed, bless someone with your gifts, with your time, with your talents, with your money, with your love, with your encouragement, with internal things that provide external blessings to others. Edify the body of Christ. Exalt one another. Prefer your brother. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that keeps your mind from snapping. It's the love of God that produces joy in your life. It's the spirit that moves and breathes in you and through you to allow your life to prosper. In 3 John 1, 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that ye may prosper and be good health even as thy soul prospers. He says, in other words, I hope you're just as healthy physically as you are spiritually. The thing with materialism, it's a substitute for a soul void of the spirit. It's a counterfeit. It's not purpose-driven. It's nothing more than a Band-Aid, a fix, a substitute. But a soul that is driven by the spirit is purpose-driven. It's not void of faith or confidence nor courage. It's primed and it's pumped and it's ready to be drawn from. Jesus says, all you that are dry and thirsty, come unto me and drink, and you shall not thirst no more. All you that are burdened and heavy laden, come to me, and I shall give you rest. You have to be filled and refilled. Why? So you'll remain refreshed. How many of you know what it's like to drink a bottle of water on a very hot day, go back to work to only find yourself thirsty again? So what do you do? You get another drink of water. And what does another bottle of water do for you? It refreshes you. You sweat the first one out, so you get another one, which won't be the last one you drink that day. You'll keep refilling it. How many of you know you would like to take, how many of you would like to take a bath of the same water every day? 
No, you let it out. And you pour new water. Why? Because it's refreshing. You see, in the natural, we're constantly refreshing our bodies because we're constantly thirsting again and again. And so should it be in the spiritual. You pour out, God pours in. So you can pour out again, so God can pour in. So God can pour out, so God can pour in. It keeps you refreshed. It keeps the flow of the Spirit moving. It keeps you alive and it keeps you vigorous and makes you, makes you excited about what you're doing and the passion to flow out of you and into others. Jesus says, if we drink of his water, we'll never thirst again. Spiritually speaking, internally and eternally. Here's how it happens in the natural. You pour in and you pour out and you have to pour in again. Here's how it happens in spirit. Constant flow out and a constant flow in and you'll never be thirsty again. But without a flow, you can become stagnant like a dead sea. And what grows in dead water? Pestilence. You get to that place in your life, everything bothers you. The slightest little thing. It might even be as simple as a look or something someone said or the temperature of the room. And you just find yourself just agitated all the time, dead. And you have to come alive. Your spirit, when your spirit's alive, when we're having a move of God like we had Sunday morning, I don't, nobody came up to me and complained about anything. You felt good. It was refreshing. And that's what God wants to do. You know what he's doing Sunday morning? He was pouring in. Why? So we could pour out. And how many of us have poured out of what we got poured into is Sunday? It's a flow. And for God to continually, if to have perpetual revival and to continually to have revival, there has to be this constant God pouring in and constantly us pouring out. Why would he pour into us if we're not going to pour out? Because the very thing you put in, he's just going to go stagnant. It's going to be dead. Nothing's going to grow in it but pestilence. Hallelujah. As Christians, you must be like a tributary, a channel that God can flow through. Now, I ask how many of you are blessed. Now, I ask how many of you want to be a blessing. How many of you want to speak life into someone else? Lord knows there's plenty who need it in this hour. Then you must be engulfed with the well of living water. More than ever, more than ever, I wish that would just register. I wish you'd just go home tonight and can't go to sleep. I can't sleep because I keep it more than ever, more than ever. Every single one of us needs to be refreshed by the Spirit. Needs to be refocused and recognize how blessed we are. And ought to be focused on being a blessing to so many people who are down and out. Jesus said, whoever gives a cup of water in my name has already received his reward. You want to be blessed? Be a blessing. Tonight as Christian, I ask you, why are you always looking for a drink? A well to drink from. When you should be the well with a constant flow, supplied by the Holy Spirit, primed by worship, producing external blessing that produce eternal results in the lives of this world. In the book of Matthew 6 and 19, it says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. There's nothing wrong with having things, being blessed with things, as long as things don't have you. And that you feel like it's contingent of whether you feel blessed or not.
I tell you, at our ages, looking at most of our ages here, a lot of us have lived some years. But we got so many young kids that are getting such a distorted view of what blessed is. It's tied to materialism. If I don't have what he has, I'll have as much as she has. If they got more than I got. And we wonder why there's such an oppression and such a spirit of depression upon our world right now. Because of the distorted view of what blessed is. What does it profit a man to get in the whole world only lose his soul? The greatest blessings you can receive are eternal. They're not external. And we're living at a time when so many people, you know, when you, I went through it when I first got up. You woke up this morning. You get another day of life. Is there not no value to that? You've got children that are healthy. Is there no value to that? You have a job. Is there no value to that? You've got food. Is there no value to that? But yet when people are in those places of the spirit, there's a spirit of oppression and depression and even suicidal and stuff like that, they live in a place where there's no hope. They live in a place where they think they've got nothing and they're not blessed. Because when you get the right perspective of being blessed, then when you wake up today and you've got that breath in your body, yes, you may owe a big credit card bill, but when you've got your kids are healthy, yes, something bad might have happened at work today. But when you've got a job to go to, come on, when you can keep your perspective right, realizing I'm blessed. And the Bible said, those that trust in the Lord are blessed. So for every need that you have, if you trust the Lord and you recognize I'm blessed. And if I have anything else in life, it's just out of my overflow. It's just blessing. Then I can enjoy it. But so many people think they want that blessing so bad they'll work two jobs just to have it. They'll do what all it takes just to get that thing, only, like I said, to find out later the new wears off, and ain't long they're getting rid of it, and they get half as much money as they ever gave for it, and we continue that cycle. And we're not blessed unless we're doing that. But you're blessed if you're a child of God. It doesn't get any more valuable than that. So when you're, in, you're going through life, Especially as believers, we can't lose sight of that. That we're blessed. If you're truly blessed, it ought to inspire you to worship. If you truly feel you're blessed, it ought to inspire you to give thanksgiving to the blesser. And your worship should prime you up to release praise from the depths of your soul. Because you are eternally secure in Jesus Christ. Who's the author and the finisher of your faith. We ought to enter his courts with praise. And rejoicing ought to flow out of our bellies, producing rivers of living water, saturating this congregation with life. We must not lose sight of what true blessings are. And we must have a desire to bless others. If you bless, you'll be blessed. We spend more time sitting around fretting over what we don't have, and which usually external things, and lose sight of the internal and eternal blessings that we do have. And we spend very little time trying to be a blessing to someone. We've got to get our perspective right. And I hope tonight, I'm going to close. It'll be long. But God wants to speak to us.
and clear out some of the, the noise, clear out some of the fog. And you take a moment tonight and reflect on how blessed you really are. I ask it before. I want to ask it one more time before we, we go to pray. How many feel like they're blessed? There we go. There we go. You are. It's the truth. You are blessed. So what I'm going to ask tonight, we're going to have a time of prayer. I'm going to call everybody up to the, to the, to the front if you would come. And I want us to, there, in, in prayer, there's a balance that should be in prayer. Tonight, I want you to come, and I want you to know how to pray with thanksgiving. I want you to come recognizing how blessed you are. I want you to thank God for everything that you recognize that he's given you and he gives you for what you really do have. And it ain't about the material things. It's the internal and the eternal things that he's given you. So can you come and get in a place of prayer to where I'm coming to pray. I'm coming to thank you. I'm coming to pray. And through my prayers, it's all going to be thanking. I'm not come to complain tonight. I come to thank God tonight. I come to thank you for what I do have. Because I realize, after hearing this word, I've got my, get my focus back and realize I am blessed. My goodness, look what I do have. I have the breath, first of all, to come and pray. Hallelujah. I have the health to be able to be here and come here tonight. I ate today. I have a job. I can pay my bills. All those things that you're blessed with, and they have nothing to do with external things. Father, we come to you right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And we come this night, God, to thank. We came to thank you, God. We want to be like the, 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 the leper who came back and thanked you, God. You blessed them all, but he only came back. And Father, we're coming back tonight to this altar to say thank you, God. We do lose sight. We do get caught up in the bully groves. We do get in our pity party moments. We do get in those places of oppression and depression, thinking we don't have anything, thinking we're not going to ever have anything. But God, we have to come to realize and be reminded, and you have through your word tonight, God, that we are blessed because we're connected to the blesser. And tonight we come to thank the blesser. We come to thank you, God. We realize that everything we have, we only have because of you. We thank you for our health, God. We thank you for our families, God. We thank you for our children. We thank you for our grandchildren, Father. Father, we thank you for this church. Father, we thank you for our church family. We thank you for so many things, God. Things that we've lost sight of. And and we've become discouraged by these things. There's such a distorted view of what blessing is in our nation now, God. We've become a nation of idols, a nation of materialism, God. And God, we repent for that. And we ask you, God, to forgive us if we've lost sight. And that, God, we've come tonight, dear God, just to say thank you. With an attitude of worship in our hearts and praise through our prayer tonight, God. We want to speak to you tonight, God, Lord. We've not come to ask you for something. We come to thank you for something, God. How you watch over us. How you keep us, God. For the times you protect us, God, we didn't even know you protected us. We didn't know we needed to be protected, God. But you stayed the devourer, God. You kept him off of our family. You kept him off of our children. You kept him off of our schools. And Father, we thank you for that, God. And we don't want to lose sight of that, Lord. 
Tonight, we come to the night, to Lord, to acknowledge you, to acknowledge you, God. We want the blessing. We enjoy the blessings, God. We do. But most of all, God, we want you. We want you. Because you said, if we'll seek you first, the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all these other things will be added unto us. And God, you have added to us. Father, let our hearts be pure. Help us, God. Help us, Lord. Help this body, God. You've got a desire for this body. You want a continual flow of the Spirit to be in this body. And we can't let these things get in the way that hinder. We've got to have a desire to be a blessing so that we can bless others. So that you can pour in us, God, and we can pour out. Let this be that place, God. Let that place be the place, God. Let the wells of salvation rise up in our lives. Let as we speak, God, we speak life to others, God. We speak hope to others, God. We bless each other with our words, with our kind deeds, God, with our financial blessings that you've given us. Let us be a blessing unto others, Father. In return, God, the principle works. You bless us because we bless others. And we get blessed because we bless others. And you bless us because you love us, God. But God, we love you. And we have come tonight to take this moment, this time, dedicate this prayer, this night to you, Father, and to thank you, God, for your goodness, for your mercy, God, for our salvation, God, how privileged we are to be children of God, how blessed we were to hear the gospel, to receive the gospel, God. The thing that will never lose its value, God, it will never lose its value. It's eternal, God. And Father, we can have internal blessings while on this earth. We can, we can reap the benefits of eternal blessings while on this earth. And we can have external blessings upon this earth. But we must not lose sight of what the true blessing is and who the blesser is. I thank you, God. We thank you. And we give you glory and honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.